0: Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Cosmic Alley. This is your host, Brooke. Thank you for joining me. And welcome back. And today is Friday, March 8th. It's been a couple of weeks since my last podcast. So thanks for joining me. And it's a waning gibbous phase of the moon today. We're still in the sign of Pisces. We're in Pisces season, very highly emotional, highly intuitive season. I don't know about you, but I've had a couple of very vivid prophetic dreams that have occurred, doing a lot of candle magic during this time because I'm a Pisces. So I've had some highs and I've had some lows. (laughs) So we're in the waiting Gibeus phase of the moon today's Friday. It's a good day for romantic love, attraction, come to me love, any type of attraction magic. And with the waning Gibeous phase, waning energies are about repelling rather than attracting. So it may be a good day to do a little candle magic or a spell of some sort to let go of a former flame or former partner or former relationship or anything where you feel that your energy is still linked to that type of energy I would imagine today would be a really good day to release that and it's also a good time to get rid of things spiritually minor banishings of any kind good time to cleanse personal objects I got inspired the other night to soak my favorite lucky earrings, uh, they're, it's the hand of Fatima, but every time I wear them, I always seem to attract very positive, good energy, so I soaked them, or cleanse them with Van Van oil, and I just felt draw, drawn to do that, then I was reading about the weaning gibbous energies, and it's like, huh, it's kind of weird, so if you wanted to cleanse any personal objects, such as jewelry, your amulets, your talismans, any magical tools, anything that needs closure is a good day to release that. So I wanted to come on today, the topic is different types of tarot readers and I wanted to come on and speak about this, especially if it resonates with other readers who are listening or for the ones that have gotten personal tarot readings before anything associated with a reading palm reading could be thrown in there psychic readings tarot readings and tarot readers are very different no one is no one that i've ever watched or seen or met has been the same or follows the same logic of how to read the cards or how they interpret the cards and it's very easy to believe that all readers are the same but we're not very much akin to uh, you know every teacher is different that you had in school they have their own style they have their own way of presenting information to the classroom and I think every tarot reader or spiritual reader is a teacher or a healer of some kind So, I wanted to talk about that today and get into a couple of other things. So, let's get started with Cosmic Alley. Thank you so much for joining me, and let's get started. So as a professional tarot reader, especially the last five years of my life, um, where I've gotten actually paid for my services and have basically been able to have a or provide a part-time income to my family, I've learned and discovered through trial and error, as well as getting feedback or opinions from others. That every reader is different, and many times clients may point that out to you. Wow, you're really different from other readers that I've had, and you know this can be in a praising way or a complimentary way, or it can also come across as a critical way. But I'll get to that in a second. So every reader is different, and with that, it's very important to understand that. What readers do, and what spiritual workers do, is not something that is coming from a place of a textbook. Yes, we learn to read the cards through books, through classes, through manuals, but it's really all coming from our intuition. Every reader will interpret, say, the Ace of Pentacles differently than another reader, you know, and... Being on YouTube the last four years, I've come across, not all the time, but negative comments of, "Oh, I can't believe how you're reading these cards, or trying to teach me how to read the card, or the interpretation of that, which is kind of funny because they're free readings, <laughs> and every reader is different, so I don't let let it get to me anymore, so Every reader is different, and you can't keep every reader or every psychic reader. You can't lump them in the same category. So as a reader, there's many types, psychic, intuitive, empathic tarot readers, holistic tarot readers. Some follow astrology, some don't. Some some state that they're psychic tarot readers or have psychic abilities. Others may have mediumship capabilities. There's also licensed professional counselors or psychologists who also read the Tarot. And they'll have that in their bio. And there's also a thing that's interesting. It's called Tarot Life Coaching. Using the tool of the Tarot in performing or also teaching or coaching clients. So, Tarot readers develop their own style. And with that... They're able to channel the energies different. So, as my experience has progressed through the years, a tarot reader never stops learning. And after 25 years of studying and practicing and doing this, and teaching online classes, I had free online tarot classes the last three or four years, and you you can't expect one tarot reader to have all the answers or to know fully 100% of what the Tarot can communicate. So it's everyone's interpretation. Some read by the book. Some take those meanings of the symbolisms of the cards and strictly go by the book. Some do a little bit by the book, but they also use and formulate their own intuition, their own psychic abilities. And some don't even go by the book at all. I've seen other readers, especially on YouTube, who already have formulated in their own mind the meaning and interpretation of what that card is telling them or what the spread is telling them. So I find all of it fascinating. There's so many facets of this, of being a spiritual reader. But I think the most important things to touch upon are the four clairs. With any reader, I think either one, either every reader has this, or has one of them, or has the abilities to tap into all four of them, maybe two or three, maybe one. The four clears: Claircognizness. I can't even say that. Claircosnossense. The knowing. V I Z A N C E that's a big word. Clear causeness, as I can't say it. It's the knowing. I think that's kind of like knowing, picking up vibes, being in a place, picking up energies, or just having a strong sense of knowing or strong feeling or strong intuition with that clear. The next one is clear audience. Clear audience or being clear audience is hearing audibly inside messaging and outside physical messaging, being able to pick up on vocal, vocals from spirit guides or vocals from the spirit world or spirit realm or the other side or connection to a loved one who has passed over, uh, Clear audience to me is very fascinating. I've had moments personally of experiencing clear audience. Uh, it's very fascinating. You might think you're going completely insane, um, and hearing voices. It's not something that's daily, but I've experienced it before. Clairvoyance is probably the most common of the clairs. You'll hear, "All oh, she's clairvoyant," or. You'll hear they have clairvoyance, or many typical psychics will market themselves as clairvoyant. Many tarot readers do not. Some prefer psychic or the term intuitive. I prefer the term intuitive. Uh, Psychic to me just kind of has that carnival psychic, you know, fortune telling, neon sign kind of vibe, which can be fun. Um, but it doesn't hold within it a lot of spiritualness to it. A long time ago, I used to attach psychic tarot reading to the titles of my YouTube readings, and I stopped doing that. I think psychic can be very misleading because I would get messages, <laughs> emails, DMs from people. Can Can you tell me my lottery numbers? Well, you're psychic, and I'm like yeah I'm gonna stop using that you know can you tell me if I'll have a baby or can you tell me if I'll reunite with Paul will I ever be married just these crazy random strange questions they weren't paying for a reading. they just you know wanted something for free and thought maybe I would just oh yes (laughs) I see you getting married in 2020 to a handsome millionaire named Paul Paul's coming back So, yeah, it doesn't really run that way. Um, So I stopped using the term psychic just for that. Um, In the town that I live in, we have a palm reader who has a great big sign out front, and it says, Psychic, Tarot, Palm Reader, reading's $10, and it lures you in. And and I went in there a few years ago with my best friend, and We had 10-minute palm readings, um, and it was fun. It was interesting, but it was kind of tacky, and her house was kind of tacky, and it smelled weird, and, you know, she had her soaps on in the other room. No kidding. A little poodle running around. Um, She looked like she just hopped out of the shower and was in the middle of, you know, putting on her eyeliner and her doing her nails. So it was just kind of, kind of, kid, you know, just one of those kind of kitschy silly fun things to do Uh, I think she's probably down to earth and very gifted but it just kind of came across as being kind of carnal you know carnival circus entertainment but we all are entertainers but a lot of us are very serious about what we do and believe we are spiritual teachers and spiritual healers and helpers and messengers and communicators so so clairvoyance is very very common the next is clear sentience this is the sensing i think this would be the equivalent of esp or having a sixth sixth sense the sensing clairvoyance most common clear audience you hear that is you hear that more now sentience, not as often, and claircog, whatever it is, I can't pronounce it, I very rarely hear that word, or that term, out in the spiritual community, so clairvoyance, seeing in the mind's eye, seeing outside the mind, in the physical world, uh, seeing images, apparitions, messages, prophecies, um, entities, spiritual beings, angels, etc, clairvoyance, so, I would have to say that I am more of a clairvoyant, and that's something that it took me some time to accept and to be confident enough to say it without sounding like, oh, she's (laughs) all-knowing, Miss Cleo, you know, so I do market myself as clairvoyant. I've always marketed myself as intuitive, but I am clairvoyant. It comes up in readings. It comes up in my daily life. Um, I see more with my mental mind. My images come to me more in readings, uh, and as well as in my personal life, in my daily life. Uh, clairvoyance to me is very is is the thing. Aside of interpreting divination, but it is the thing that I am gifted with. So it took me a while to accept that, but I'm accepting it better now. And the second one I would have to say is clear audience for me. Um, I pick up on that a lot and it's something that's not really easily understood because there's really no science backing it up. There really is no science backing up clairvoyance, I guess, but unless you were studying that or was in that line of work or field such as parapsychology, maybe there is a better understanding of it, but mediumship is something that I'm entering into. Mediumship uh, is coming up more in my readings with clients. Uh, They say you're either born with mediumship qualities as it's hereditary most of the time or it will come later in life. I think for me, the mediumship qualities have always been there. I'm just tapping into it more now because my sense of intuition is so refined after doing this for so many years. Uh, It's something that is more easily receivable to me now. And I remember when I was in high school, I was 17, and it was New Year's Day, and I had had a dream that my pappy had died. So it was around 1990, I was 17, about to turn 18, like a month away from turning 18. And on New Year's Day, I had a dream that my pappy died. And 10 days later, he died. Because I had such a connection to him and our friendship and relationship as granddaughter and grandfather. Maybe the link was strong connection between us, but I remember having that dream. And then 10 days later, my father coming to my high school to get me out of school that day to let me know that he had died uh, was very impactful at that age, and it scared me. It scared me, Uh, and I never told anybody about that because I didn't want to be perceived as, you know, wishy-washy or flaky or she's just a kid, and I didn't tell anybody about that dream. Uh, I don't know if I've even ever told anybody, maybe... A couple of friends over the years, but in conversation, but that scared me because my family we never talked about stuff like that. I mean, it was just something we never did. So, yeah, that's that had an impact on me greatly, had a big impact on me. So, my mediumship qualities have picked up, they've really picked up, and I feel more connected to that realm, I've always been connected to it, but I feel more, uh, like, I feel like I have more access, (laughs) like, it's VIP backstage in heaven, you know, I feel like I have more access to it, or I tap into it more easily, or the frequency is more strong, Um, it comes and goes, it depends, in private readings, it really depends on the client, Not all clients do I pick that up with, and not only just people or loved ones who have passed, but animals. A lot of family pets or pets who have passed away really come up in readings for me, which is interesting, very interesting. Because I remember when I was 13, I was 12, 13, and we had moved from one town to the next like 15 miles over, and we had a dog named Molly, and where we had lived, she had a yard and green grass and could run around, but then we moved, and we lived in an apartment, so we had to take her for walks, and my father would take him out to his job, and and she ended up later, this is a sad story, she ended up later getting shot. By a farmer because where my father worked uh he's in radio the radio station was outside of town out in the country and it was adjacent to fields and she would he would let her go to run you know and thinking that she's safe in these fields she he would let her go run and because she couldn't do what we had moved to and she went missing and he found her a couple of days later and she had been shot. So that was hard, I remember. But I remember that week feeling her presence in my bedroom where we had moved to and waking up and hearing her pant in the middle of the night. I, I distinctly and I was thinking something's in my room, what is that? And it was... I believe it was her. Like she had always laid in my room on the floor. Or come in. You know how dogs come into other rooms and lay down. And it was her panting. And it sounded like it was her stretching out and laying down. And so I really felt her spirit. You know. And I've kind of always been able to do that. I think a lot of people can do that. I really think it's about being open to it and being uh, receiving to it. Very much so. So my mediumship qualities are, as I've gotten older and been more in tune with myself spiritually, they come in more often and more easily. So every tier reader is different. And you know, thank God, because <laughs> would you want to go to the same hair hairdresser that did the same hairstyle? And I mean, it's kind of like shopping around for your favorite, uh, therapist or shopping around for your favorite designer or shopping around for your favorite, uh, doctor. And it's, terror readers, from my experience, um, Much like hairdressers in the sense that you will have either the same clients for many years uh, and then they'll suddenly just leave and you'll never hear from them again because they shop around. Uh, Many times uh, I will have a client who is also getting two or three other readings from other readers at the same time because they want to hear any hope, any sign of hope of having, you know, what they want to hear to come true so every reader is different i don't sugarcoat i have learned to do that people are paying very good money and i'm not going to sugarcoat the reading i'm not going to sugarcoat the reading what would, would a life coach sugarcoat tough love to you you know You want to lose weight. They're not going to say, hey, but you look great the way you are. They're going to tell you, all right, let's do this. You know, this is what you want. And so it's very much about that. But not so much tough love. I made the mistake many years ago of of being a reader, but also being kind of like in girlfriend advice on the side, and I'll never do that again. Uh, You can't play both roles as a reader. You can try. But at some point, you need to understand your limitation with that. Because people aren't paying you to hear your girlfriend tough love advice. They want to know and they want to hear uh, answers. They're seeking answers. They're seeking validation. They're seeking validation to their problems or to their questions or to their pain. They want that to be addressed. And it's, it can be very sensitive. So girlfriend advice, not so much. I'll keep it real, though, and I keep it real in my YouTube videos, and someone asked me the other day, like, you seem a little different now in your videos than you did in the beginning, which was four years ago, and I go back and watch the old videos, and yeah, I've evolved. I've evolved, and I have more of a response and more feedback from being more real in the reading. Instead of worrying about my hair, worrying about the lighting, or worrying about the outfit I have on, I used to, and I, of course, you know, doll up, but I try to sometimes. But back in the day, you know, I'd have my props, and and I still like to do that, but I was more focused on the aesthetics and the production of the video instead of getting the message across. So I, I keep it real. Uh, and I think every reader is different and it's helpful because of that, because you can shop around for the one that is your fit. You'll know it too. The reader knows it. The reader knows within that first five minutes, whether you're a good fit or not. The reader will know. I know within the first five to 10 minutes, especially if I'm doing live phone readings, if I'm doing readings Uh, in person, I used to do readings on Skype, you can just tell if it's going to be a good connection or not, and every reader will know, every reader is different, every reader should know that, (laughs) you know, if you don't, then uh, if you're just there to be a show pony and not to try to have a connection with your client, because it's, You learn a lot about yourself many times performing readings for people because you'll say to yourself, oh my God, I totally know what you're, what you, what you're feeling. I've been there before, you know, most readers have gone through some form of trauma in their lives. I think, um, some form of pain, some form of loss. I think every reader has experienced that in some fashion or another. And, and maybe on the next podcast, I'll talk more about the importance of connection with, with clients, because that is probably the best part of my job is forming the the connection and knowing that someone is entrusting you with their story and entrusting you with their pain, and, and being open, and allowing themselves to be completely uninhibited, and completely vulnerable with, with you, with me, and we've never met in person many times, so it's a big deal, that trust, and that confidentiality, and I'll maybe make another podcast about that, that's so important for your client to know that, and I think Every reader should incorporate that. And I don't read for just anybody. I won't read for certain questions. I'm very select. There's another podcast idea. So, every reader is different. Psychic, intuitive, empathic readers, holistic readers, using astrology, not using astrology, mediumship type readers. So, every reader is different. And many... People will shop around for that fit, for that right fit. You know, many, many clients will stay. Many clients will stay for a season. Many clients will stay for a reason. Many clients will stay for a lifetime. My most recent reading, which was a live reading, uh, the reading went over 30 minutes. There's another podcast, but anyway, boundaries, uh, and I was giving it all that I had 100%, but the person kept asking me and asking me and re-asking me the same question, the same question, because they were not getting the answer that they wanted to hear from me, but I was seeing other things, but they just refused to believe it. They refused to see the message, and I was, then I started to feel guilty. Oh my gosh, they don't like the reading. Oh my gosh, it's been a waste of time. Oh my gosh. But then I said, no, I gave them an extra 30 minutes. I'm telling them the truth. I'm telling them I'm not going to lie to you. I'm trying to show them what I'm seeing that's coming up for them. And if they don't want to see that, if they refuse the message, then that's on them. And so, towards the end, you know, I'm so professional and polite, and then I feel bad. I'm like, oh my God, oh my God, I hope you enjoyed your reading. And they said, well, I'm not sure. I'm not sure yet. You're very different. You're very different from other readers that I've had. And I thought to myself, well, yes, I am. I have integrity. I'm not going to sugarcoat it, I'm not going to apologize. And I wasn't rude, I'm not going to be rude, but I was just very, kept it professional and kept it business-like. I will probably never read for that person again, even if they asked for a reading, because other things were included that I can't mention. But, it was a learning experience for me, uh, in taking criticism, uh, I kind of felt that it was unjust because I had put in extra time and a lot of other things to schedule it. Well, I learned from that was, no, I'm not like every other reader and I'm glad about that and so should other readers be glad when they hear that. It's important to stand out and it's also important not to buckle and be like, oh, well, I'm just going to tell them what they want to hear because then you're not memorable. Uh, You want to stand out. You want to be memorable. Uh, You don't want to be shock value. You don't want to be, you know, rude and abrupt and chase them off, but you want to be memorable. So every tarot reader is different. Every tarot reader is different. Men don't Many don't read for predictive future readings like I do, which is why a lot of people watch YouTubers who are tier readers because they want to know their future. They want to know what's going to happen, you know, Um, and many readers don't read in a predictive type of style. Many are more holistic or many are more about empowerment. I'm about empowerment all the time. But many are more uh, holistic or taking it from like a life coach stance, not necessarily giving them images and validations and dates and names and initials, which I provide in my readings, that's just the way I read. And then I also see the potentials for the future, but nothing is set in stone. So, the energies can change at any time because... We have free will and we make our, our lives are really, our lives are really made up of choice. So many readers are different and thank God (laughs) and God bless all the readers out there who stumble upon this podcast one day. I hope that this resonates with you and uh, thank you for joining me, everyone. Cosmic Alley. Next week, hopefully, I'll be back with another Cosmic Alley episode, and uh, we'll have to perhaps next week talk about other topics. Maybe I'll discuss more about um, insider secrets of being a professional tarot reader. (laughs) There's really no secrets. You just have to be yourself, you know. Be yourself. Be yourself. You have to be yourself, everyone. Well, I'm sending you much love and peace and blessings here in West Virginia. On Friday, March 9th. I said March 8th. Uh oh, so confused. March 9th. Wayne and Gideos phase some candle magic, release those, release those fears, cleanse your talismans, good time to cleanse, and go study your tarot cards, and I'll be back next week, take care everybody, bye.